Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. start in a new series, the, the Revelation of God, but today as Brother Toby's already spoke about in our, pre, our prayer, we're talking about commission by God, that commission. Today if you will join me in Exodus chapter 3, I'm going to read two verses, and then we'll pray and you can be seated. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 9, the Bible says, Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10 says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. If you will, join me in prayer. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to touch us and anoint us today. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to minister right now through us today, Lord Jesus, in this congregation, Lord. Allow this words, not just to be words, but Lord Jesus, allow the spirit behind this to come forth, Lord. Allow us right now, Lord Jesus, to allow your presence to settle into this place, Lord Jesus, and allow us, Lord Jesus, to take up this commission, Lord Jesus, and move towards you, and Lord Jesus, and do what your will is for our life, Lord Jesus. I ask you to touch us and anoint us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. God speaks clearly to us, and he reveals what we need to know. But he, and he also, he equips us to do what he commissions us to do. In the lesson today, there's a story about a young convert that the Lord had called to the ministry. I want to share this story. He, he, needed, he knew he needed to prepare. Being a college-age student, he knew that he needed to probably get him some education. So being at that college age, he asked his pastor to help him with the decisions he needed to make. He knew he was called by God to minister, but he didn't know where, where that direction was. So many times of men that has been called to feel like they have a calling on their life, and, and that's the first place they needed to go is their pastor and find out where, help him direct and help him make decisions for them because that these decisions they make in the beginning of their calling is going to, to reflect in the end of the end time into their mess into their ministry throughout the rest of their life, and so many times in life, you know, here this young man he went to his pastor and he and he told him he hooked, he got him set up with Bible college and he got set up with and, and, and directed in that direction and in that life, you know, he also as just a little bit later in time, he felt like God was calling him to go into a, a business degree in life. As the story talks, he went to business into the business degree and worked on getting a business degree. And, and so, so many people in his life, the people that it was his voices in his life and his family members, looked at his life and said, why are you going down two paths? Why are you going down Bible college? And why are you going, now you're going back into the world for a ministry in the world. 
This young man pressed forward and he kept going. And through this here, he became a chaplain in the military. And as he came, became a chaplain in the military, through these, this wide open, because he had two, more, more, more than one, went to college for more than one thing, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he went to religious and he went also for in, in a world of business. And through that, both degrees, he was able to, to supply his needs for life. And he got this job as this chaplain because of his degrees. And God was preparing him. And so many times in life we go into ministry and we go down roads in life and we find ourselves just like this young man. Why, why is God calling me in two different directions? But he is, it was equipping him for what he had for his ministry. Sometimes in life, and I found myself in life, in my ministry, going through things in my life and you're like, why am I going through this? Why am I going down this road? And in that, God was equipping us and equipping our ministry. Through his Bible college experiences, it grounded him in faith. Through his business degree, helped him to manage his ministry and, and with sound business principles and gave him a needed credibility for a window of a vocational ministry. Through this life, you know, through these different things and avenues in his life, he was able to minister this young man. And at the beginning of his journey, the young man never could imagine of the ministry that the Lord was calling him to. The unique qualifications this minister needed. He took a total of 11 years of college and firsthand mentoring of a wonderful apostolic believers. This is the story of a unique calling that requires unique preparation for a unique ministry. And sometimes in our life, we can't figure out why we're going down roads we're going down. And it's because God is, is, is preparing us for our unique ministry that he has for us. You know, sometimes we look at you know, our pastor and we look at his ministry and we say, well, I want to be like him. But God has got a different path for us. Every one of us is different. Every one of us has a different calling on our life. And God has to prepare us for that calling. And so whatever way God is leading us, we have to, to allow that to equip us. And the story I read in the gospel, in the, the, the text I read today, was a story about Moses. Moses, you know, we know the story of Moses. Moses hitting his great commission. You know, we know Moses in his life. He started out his first forty years living in in the castle. He living in the king's house. After that forty years, we find Moses leaving Egypt, and Moses lived the next forty years in honor and integrity. His actions in defending one of his own has been has had been a noble intent, but acting out of his haste, he put in what many would say in undesirable, unfortunate circumstances. However, however, through it all, Moses was faithful to his father-in-law and faithful to God and faithful to his family. God did not ask Moses to kill the Egyptian for fighting with his Hebrew brother. But in, as in a result of the incident, God put Moses in a place where God could use him for his glory. Sometimes in life, when we go down roads in life, we say, why, why, did, why did we go down this road today? Just like Moses, Moses, God didn't call Moses to kill this Egyptian to, to go to, to him into exile and go into this running from God, running from the, the Egypt and leaving Egypt. But, but, but God, didn't, he didn't have him to kill this guy. He didn't have him to murder this guy. He didn't call him to murder this guy. Just like in life, sometimes when we go down paths in our life, Brother Larry, you, in your life, when you went away from God, God didn't 
didn't orchestrate that. He, God didn't want you to go in and live the world like you did. But now you have a testimony. Your ministry, you have a unique ministry in your life because where you went in life. God can use us no matter, you know, sometimes he, he didn't orchestrate where we went or how the direction we went because we made that own decision for ourselves. But by going down them roads, God can use that to use that for our benefit, for our unique ministry in the, in the future. So sometimes in life, you know, we have to turn back to God and we have to use that. But God, sometimes in life, you know, we don't, can't get too far away from God. I've said this many times. We can't get too far away from the reach of, of God's hands. Even when we make bad decisions, I've made bad decisions in my life and, and deliberately went away from God, God's will in my life. But through that, God has used some of them experiences, used some of that things in my life to prepare me for what I am today. I've went through some low times in my life and things, that, things and trials and things that's in my life. And I say, when I was going through them, I'm like, why am I going through these today? Why am I and my family going through this? What is going to be good come from this? And through that, Years later, I've looked back in some of them situations, not all of them situations, but some of them situations, I see where God's hand was in my life. God was preparing me. God was equipping me for what he needed me to be. He was equipping my mind. God prepares the human heart for divine engagement. Israel had, had long enjoyed benefits of living in the land of Goshen. It was, a, it was a prime land for farming and ranching. They enjoyed many years in, of privilege because of Joseph, who had favor with Pharaoh. However, God knew that one day Pharaoh, a, there would be a Pharaoh which knew not Joseph, would eventually come to the throne of Egypt and enslave the Hebrew people. God also knew that 430 years later, after Israelites entered Egypt, Moses would lead them out of Egypt. In Exodus 3, what appeared to be the Hebrew shepherd. You know, we, we didn't understand this story, and I just want to break into the story. What we, what in, in Exodus 3, what appeared to be just a Hebrew shepherd hanging, having a conversation with a flaming bush was actually the turning point for Israel's history. It was a turning point. And sometimes in life, and that's what I want to talk about, three different things, and I'm going to bring that up. There's a turning point in our life when, we, we, when God is... is is making a plan for our life. In our life, when, when I was away from God, God had a time in my life that it was a turning point. There was a turning point in my life that I turned back to God. And that God made a plan for me to turn back to God. And he puts that intersections in our life and he puts them crossroads in our life so many times. We find ourselves actually turning back to God and that's what God is doing for the children of Israel. He was making a turning point for their life and in this bush, God spoke to Moses as he was shepherding his flock on Mount Sinai. God informed Moses that he, this was a spiritual, significant occasion that on this ground upon he which he stood was holy. The Lord told Moses to take your sandals off your feet for this place is on, you stand is on holy ground. And sometimes in our life we find ourselves, we find ourselves in conversation with God and sometimes we look for God's leadership, God's direction in our life and we think it may be gonna just come from behind this pulpit. And we do get direction from behind this pulpit. But sometimes God is in our everyday life. In our everyday life, when we're out there tending to the shape, when we're out there doing our job, we're sitting in an office, and as Brother Williams says, spinning around in this chair, God may be using us that day. He may be bringing what we need in our direction. 
Our, we may have a burning bush experience in our life. We may not literally have a burning bush, but we may have someone walk in our office or walk onto our job that directs us and leads us and, and what God is wanting us to do and, and that, that, that shepherding moment in our life. We must, we must be, be sensitive to that ministry, sensitive to that word of God. Because sometimes in my ministry, I've prayed before. I said, I want, I want somebody to just stand behind a pulpit and tell me what I need to do. And at crossroads in my life, I just want God to just have somebody to preach and tell me what to do. And then I heard a sermon one time, and that's the closing moments of a sermon. Someone said at a men's conference, he said, he stood up behind the pulpit and he said, sometimes we're waiting for that voice to speak, someone to speak. And sometimes it's them small sound voices that, that little impression we feel in our heart. That's, what, well, that's how God is going to direct our path. So sometimes in life, you know, we're wanting that big moment, that big, the clouds to roll back, the, the, the sun to, sh- to shine bright light right on us. Or we want, the, we want like, the, like Paul's a conversion experience. We want that experience in our life. But sometimes it's going to be just a passing day. God has used his things in our life. And God spoke to Moses. He told him, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of, God of Jacob. Although Moses had received the best training as, as a youth in Egypt and possessed extraordinary writing and leadership capabilities, he immediately engaged a humble response. In Exodus 3.11, he says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children out of Egypt? Here Moses was, who am I? And God assured Moses that only would he not be successful, but he also, that he would lead the Hebrew nation. One day they would worship on the very mountain where he stood that day. God equipped Moses to what he, he, he needed to be to his calling. Whether Moses felt overwhelmed or unworthy or simply compelled to be humble in the presence of God, we cannot be sure, but Moses made several objections to the Lord. And Lord replied response of each one of them. He first said, Moses said, who am I? And the Lord said, I will be with thee. And today when we go through life, you know, we may feel like who am I to, to spread this gospel? Who am I to reach for the lost? But God is just like he was with Moses. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to be right there with us. When we walk into somebody, we feel impressed to walk into someone's office and witness to them or we feel like we need to pass somebody in the store stop and witness to them we're not alone God is going to be right there with us and he's going to give us the encouragement he's going to give us what we need to go forth and when we want to, when whatever we do for God he's never going to leave us or forsake us Moses again objected who shall I say sent me and the Lord countered this he said, I am that I am. And as well as he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In addition, the Lord assured Moses that the children of Israel would not listen to, would listen to him, but Pharaoh would be stubborn. To this, the Lord added that he would work wonders in the children of Israel. You know, we know the story of the children of Israel. Him leading them children of Israel out. If, if you've been around church very long, we, even in Sunday school, sometimes we, we, we hear that story. We remember that story but today, you know, with God, he, he went to them. The people listened to Moses, but Pharaoh rejected. But God gave him a, a quick, quick lesson of how to use a shepherd's rod. In a, and he also, he showed him the, how to cure leprosy. And, you know, we know this story, and, and 
in Exodus where he, 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 he taught him all these lessons to, to prove that and show him and give him the encouragement. He did every one of these things not just to, to show it to Moses, but he knew one day in Moses' life, very future, when he was facing Pharaoh, that he would have to have that encouragement that he needed. He'd have to have that in his life. And he reminded him that who, he, who had made his mouth and his tongue and he directed him to use his brother Aaron as a spokesman. Though Moses' ob objection stirred God's anger, but God was patient with Moses, and God is patient with each one of us. Eventually, Moses accepted his commission as commander of the Exodus mission. God equips those who he calls. He's not gonna send us to any one thing that we're not called, he's not equipped us to do. We don't matter what we, he calls us to. We're not going, we may feel unworthy. We may feel like Moses. We may feel, how can I speak or how can I do that or how can I stand behind that? But if God calls you to something, he will equip you. God has commissioned us to lead people out of slavery of sin and into the promised land. The commission is often framed as an individual task, implying we somehow win someone to the Lord on our own. Today, Brother Toby was speaking about that in the prayer. He was speak, spoke about that. How many, what fruits have I bear, bore? And there is a lot of truth to that. And I, and, I, and I feel the same way with Brother Toby. This commission is often framed as an individual task. But in our life, this thinking, however, does not properly reflect Scripture. Or is it common practice to our day? Some people seem to have the gift of evangelism. And I'm not taking nothing away from evangelists, evangelists. And simply, they slip the sickle to the harvest and out come sheaves. Sometimes it looks like a minister. It does, some ministers can walk behind the pulpit and they can preach 30, preach 30 minutes or they can preach five minutes. And the altars are filled and people get the Holy Ghost and under their ministry. And I believe there is a, there's a calling for people to do that because the Bible says for evangelists. But then sometimes we look at that as that, that's the... They're the key to that revival. Sometimes we look at if, if, if brother so-and-so would come, we'd have a hundred soul revival. If brother so-and-so would come preach, you know, that's all we need. We need to get so-and-so come with some certain person. There are, not, there are not no specially gifted people among us who can all by themselves regularly lead people in repentance, teach Bible studies or persuade people to be baptized and influence people to receive the Holy Ghost. They could not do their jobs without everyone else. You know, we look at our ministry around this church. We, we, you have to have like the publishing house that creates Bible studies, artists to make charts, businessmen contributing substantial sums of money to the church facility, faithful saints and, that maintain the church structure, cooks for special events, and those of the gifts of hospitality to engage visitors and take them out to eat and much more. But this list could go on and on of people we need of the church. We need people to mow the grass. That results in revival. You talk about, well, you know, we just think about this person behind the pulpit in life. Everyone's gifts and talents makes the Great Commission happen. Every one of us. And I was, as I was studying this this week and I felt something in my life. I felt convicted in my life. I felt conviction fall upon me. So many times on every, during the week, I have a speaker, a speaker schedule. And I say, okay, Brother Boyd and Brother Chris or whoever's preaching that Sunday, sometimes we, we wind up depending on them to bring the Spirit of God. 
They, they the one, they're preparing all week. They're the ones that's studying. They're the ones that's getting the message. They're the ones that's praying for God to get the service. And we, we, I think sometimes as a church, we, we allow the ministry, the musicians, the singers to, to bring us into the worship. So many times we, as a church body, we sit back and we let, it, let all this, this, this weight fall on just one or two. When, as Brother Toby said, it's not just one or two's place for the church. What happens on Sunday don't just come from, from Brother Boyd, what he prayed, and then God speaks to him, and what he speaks to him, he is the mouthpiece of God. But we need to feel the responsibility for every week, not just for special occasions. We need to feel the responsibility for every service. On Monday, Tuesday, through Friday, we need to be every day, we need to be preparing for this next service. We don't need to just depend on if a singer is going to sing the right song or, if, or if, the, if Brother Chris just picks the right songs to bring us into worship or, or whoever's behind this pulpit is going to bring the message that's going to pour sinners to the altar. We need to feel the weight of this service. We need to feel the weight of every service because it's not just one person's gifting that's going to receive the, bring the revival in the end times. It's when everybody shoulders the weight, when everybody prepares for their service. When we go to prayer every, every during the week on Mondays as we've been praying extra for every, this last month in November, but we need to keep that going. We need to pray for whoever stands behind this pulpit. Pray that God is leading them and be, and be connected with them because it doesn't matter how much the person behind this pulpit, and I know I'm standing here holding the mic today, but it doesn't matter how much the person standing behind this pulpit has prayed and has spoken, how much God has spoke to them, if there's nobody on that side that hears it, if there's nobody that on that side that receives it, and nobody on that side that applies it to their life, it doesn't matter how much this speaker stands behind this pulpit preaches. If it's not received and applied to your life, it goes out, goes in vain. And I believe it was a calling for every one of us, every one of us to feel that responsibility of that gift and talent. Joshua was commissioned by Moses to be, to be strong and of good courage for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land that I swear unto them and I will be with thee. Another turn in Israel's history as Moses' ministry was coming to end he declared that at age of 120 years of age he was no longer capable of leading the fight. Moses was forbidden from personally entering into the promised land because of his disobedience as he, however, he was allowed to see it. Moses was charged to hand over the mission to Joshua. No longer was the promised land simply a promise, but now it would shortly become a reality under the leadership of Joshua. This was a strategic moment when both Israel's focus and its leadership changed. What had gotten to them to this point would not successfully take them any, to the next stage of their journey. So many times in life, there's a time in life when, when someone has carried them just as far as they can go. In my ministry, just in, in, and I'm not trying to make itself of myself today. I'm not trying to, because I, but I'm just here to mind the mic today. I know what I've been through in my life. But in my life and my ministry, there's been times in my life where I felt like I've went as far as I can go. And it was time that God put in that in me. God put that in me to, that I needed to, to hand over whatever I was leading at that time. 
And in that time, we find ourselves, you know, we could be, Moses could have said, well, I've led them this far. I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm 120 years old, but I'm, I, I'm still, I still can lead. I've been doing it for all these years. I've, I'm, the, I'm the leader. And he could have kept going forward. And with his disobedience, it could have, it could have costed everyone their relationship. It could cost them their promise. But no, Moses knew he had to hand over the reins. And sometimes in life, you know, that we, we find ourselves in that place. I've been that place with our youth, and we, we got to a place, and me and my wife, and we knew it was time to hand it over to someone else. And, the, and then in that transition time, sometimes in that transition time is, is, a, is, a, is the most dangerous time of um, any ministry. I was, on, I was on the track team, which I didn't run track. I was, did some of the, the, the field events like shot put and discus. In high school, you know, I was wasn't a track star, but but I just want to let you know that, just because you missed. But but we also they practiced the relay team practiced, and they worked on the, the handoff more than anything they did, because in that handoff it was important. The first thing that was important is 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 the runners ran together. And they ran for a period of time and paced each other. And sometimes in transition, that's what we have to do. Is, as the ministry starts transition, we have to pace each other. And then when we hand that baton off, we hand it off with a good, good handoff and a good connection. And that how ministry should be passed forward on and on is it should be go forward. It shouldn't no one man stop. And that's how we have to do in life. You know, we have to be that in life. Most of the time we find ourselves, you know, most of the time in that relay team, they put the fastest man in last because they wanted him to pick up the slack. And so sometimes in life, you know, we look at that and, and, we, and the person that hands off it, the baton, his job's not done because then he pulls over to the side and he starts cheering on his other. And sometimes in life, you know, we may not be the one that's holding the torch. We may not be the one that's holding the mic, but we need to be the ones that's pushing forward. We need to be the ones in life, you know, we may feel like in our life, our age, we may feel like to the place that I'm, I'm not what I used to be. I don't, I, don't, I don't have the same job I used to have or, or I might be the age of kind of retiring age, but, but I'm here still. I still have a job. My job is, is to push the church. My job is to encourage the ones that's, not, that's got the job that I used to have. And we need to encourage them and push them. And so in life, you know, we've, we never have not go through life without a job. And we must push forward as we were equipped as to do one job. And as that job changes, we need to be equipped to do the next job. They, they require a change of focus and change of leadership. The Lord spoke to Joshua to engage a renewal of the covenant of circumstances and of the generation that would have conquered the promised land. Joshua was willing, his willing response prepared the nation for the promise. The end of Joshua, Joshua 5 records the angel of the Lord telling Joshua, just like he, the Lord told, had told Moses, to loose his shoes because he was standing on holy ground. He assured Joshua that the Lord would have conquered Jericho, including its king and his mighty men of valor. In addition, he gave Joshua some divine strategy to conquer the city. He gave him that vision. That's what, and this is the next point when I was talking about Joshua. He gave him that direction, that vision, but then also God equipped Joshua. The Lord equipped Joshua 
for leadership in early stages of his life. First of all, Joshua saw God, God Joshua was a God-fearing aid to Moses. He walked beside Moses. He saw Moses. Joshua witnessed God speaking face to face with Moses. Joshua was close to close to Moses. He was close to God in his life. Second, Joshua learned to depend on the Lord for victory. We know the story in Exodus 17 when Aaron and when when Moses' hands was lifted up. And they started as long as their hands was lifted up, they were winning in battle. But as soon as his hands started falling, and we know this story, we talk about Aaron and her kept Moses' hands lifted in the air. But what we do, what we also, and I never connected this dot, but Joshua, he was leading the army that conquered the Amorites that day. Here Joshua was, he was leading the army. And he, every few minutes when he looked back, as long as Moses' arms was in the air, they were winning. As long as he was right with God, the right posture with God, they were winning the battle. But just as soon as Moses' arms got weary and they started falling, he, he realized that they was losing the battle. And as soon as Aaron and Hur lifted his arms back up, he realized they were back winning the battle. So that, that lesson, was, I feel like, was for Joshua. Because Joshua, here he was, he was fitting to start leading the, he was going to be the leader and he's going to have to need, need that, that direction and that equipping and he realized in that battle that long as man's posture, the land that was leading the, the tribe or leading the, leading the children of Israel, long as he was, he was in the right posture with God, he was, in, he was being equipped. He, was being, he, was, he had that encouragement, that direction. And so as long as, so Aaron, Aaron and her actually was teaching Joshua a lesson. He taught him that to depend on God for victory. Finally, Joshua was a part of the search party that spied out the promised land. Here, God was equipping, jo- equipping Joshua. Out of the 12 spies, just Joshua was one of the two that had faith in God to give them the, give them the promised land. God had let Joshua go because he knew he was going to be the leader. He was equipping him. He let him see the promised land just like the other 12 but he was allowing him to see it. He was equipping him. He was giving him something to fight for. And as he gave him that spirit, he knew that Joshua would stand because Joshua knew what, what, they, what they would receive in the promised land. And so God equips us. He allows us to see things. He allows us to go through things in our life to equip us to where we need to be. Everyone is invited to enter the promised land. As the nation of Israel left the bondage of slavery in Egypt, we too are invited to repent of our sins and turn away from our old lifestyles, our old life of bondage. Just as the nation of Israel crossed through the Red Sea, we were invited to receive the name of Jesus in baptism for the remission of our sins. Just as the people, when they walked across the Red Sea, this is a graphic, graphic photo, a picture in your mind, but as they, as they crossed the sea, God used the water to wash away their past. He used the water to drown their past. And as these these Egyptians came into the water, God drowned them with that water. And so today we're invited to receive the name of Jesus and, and to drown our sins today. 
If, you're not been, if you've not been, your sins not been drowned or not been washed away in baptism, today is the day to get them sins washed away. And just as like the nation of Israel crossed over the Jordan into the promised land, we are invited to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We can enter the promised land today by obeying Peter's directive directions in Acts 2.38. The Bible says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The great commission God has given to us. That is our ultimate goal is to reach for the lost. The great commission we talk about it, you know, we read about it in the Bible is in, in Matthew 28, 19. After the resurrection, he, he, he spoke to his disciples and prior to his ascension, Jesus commissioned his disciples to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. The book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this, this, this essence of Jesus' message. However, they emphasize on different details. Matthew emphasized baptism and the manifestations of the Godhead. In consistence with Matthew's intent to address the Jewish audience and teach that Jesus fulfills all three manifestations of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Mark emphasized baptism as a part of salvation and also emphasized Jesus' name as the authority for miraculous signs. In this context, consistence with Mark's addressing the audience of Gentiles who would likely need teaching and importance of baptism. Luke's account of this, of this account emphasizes repentance and remission of sins in Jesus' name. Remission of sins would, be, would have been understood to be conveyed in baptism after repentance. Jesus spoke to his disciples for 40 days after his resurrection and before his ascension. He elaborated how it was essential for him to be crucified, buried, and then risen from the dead. He also instructed them to wait for the power to the fulfillment of the great commission that would come on the day of Pentecost. During the time Jesus gave special attention to Peter to ensure he understood the mandated to feed God's flock. Jesus intentionally equipped his disciples over the course of his ministry. Through his ministry, he equipped them for what they would their, their future ministry would be. When he spent the, he sent them out to minister, they understood the power of the name of the divine provision. When he walked on the water, they understood his power over nature. When he washed their feet at the last supper, they understood his humility. When he rose from the dead, they finally grasped the essence of the death, burial, and the resurrection. After receiving the spirit on the day of Pentecost, they came into fullness of the understanding that prepared them for established a church that still flourishes here today. Earlier in the lesson, I discussed how we fulfill the Great Commission as a team effort. And some are more gifted than others to, to for certain tasks. But we all must live a sanctified life that glorifies God. Be ready to give an account of our faith, pointing people to Acts 2 and 38. Display love and kindness and thoughtfulness in all we do. Find our gifts and callings and pursue them with excellence. We must find what, we, what God has called us to do. Every one of us has an individual calling. And we all feel we have that responsibility to do what we're called to do. As a team effort, we can do all, can collectively and individually put our gospel message and fulfillment in forefront of people's hearts and their minds. If we'll work together as God calls us to, 
We're all called to work together. We're not just to be individually out here on our own trying to reach souls. If we want to see the fruit that Brother Toby was talking about, if we bind together, we will see that fruit that we bear forth. The Bible says some plant, some water, and some harvest. And that's what, and God gives the increase. And so we must, we must reach into that. He is, in faith, he is faithful, engages us, his duties, and he remains faithful to the Lord. We all struggle whether we, are, we can make a difference in, with God. That's a struggle we all have. Sometimes in life I, I struggle, is, am I doing all that I need to be doing? Or can I do what God is calling me to do? Yes, each of us can make a difference in the kingdom of God. The key is being faithful in both individually and collectively in our various talents and giftings. Some people have the ability to induce to themselves to make friends. Some have the gifts of talk, taking guests out to the eat. I can do that. You say, I, may, I, can't, I can't stand behind a pulpit and preach. But can you be friendly to people? Can you care someone out to eat and fellowship? We all, we all go out to eat and fellowship. Care someone out and share them with God's love. Show God's love. That's the most powerful outreach we have. When people know that you care, it goes through barriers that we cannot get through any other way. When people know that you truly love them, I have, I've had people step into this church and I've had people in an, under the ministry who said, what I feel is I feel loved. It doesn't matter what I've done, what I've been, what I look like, I feel loved. And that is a testimony we have. And we all, we show that love, we can reach, we can fulfill what God has called us to do. We're all different. We all have a different calling. All of us are, have amazing gifts to help the kingdom of God flourish. When we become part of the church and unplug into, and plug into areas where we can thrive, we can make a difference. And today, is, I feel like God is, is, in closing, I feel like God is calling us as a church. He's equipping us, and he is wanting us to work together and bind us today. As you stand across here today, today I feel us, the, 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 let's pray today that God will seal this word in our hearts today. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us today. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.